Kim Sujawalski, and I'm your host here at the Brownwell Podcast, a place in which every week we talk about delicious food, about making more vegan choices no matter where you are along the way. And because food is never just about the food, I'll support and guide you to a happier, kinder, and more mindful relationship with that wonderful moment of eating. Are you ready? Lace up those trainers if you're going for a walk or grab a cup of coffee, get comfy on the couch, and listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bramble Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Today, we have two incredible guests on the show for a very special episode. You know, I've been working for animals and donating for animals and volunteering for animals since I was a young girl. But when I met Hava and Asaf, I realized there's advocating for animals and then there are animal guardian angels who have made it their life's mission to care for and protect them. Hava and Asaf are two of the many founders and the many incredible peeps that that run the Animal Love Rescue Center, a no-kill animal shelter in Costa Rica, which is now home to over 1,200 animals, including dogs, cats, chickens, ducks, geese, rabbits, sheep, goats, and their story is incredible. It is one of a dream created by 16 lifelong friends from Israel who one day packed their bags and their 80 dogs and cats all together and created a one of a kind vegan resort, adventure tours, a fully vegan restaurant. And somehow, by the magic of circumstance, almost accidentally, became one of the biggest animal shelters I have ever had the pleasure to encounter. We discussed so many things in this episode, from the story of how the organization got started, to how on earth they managed to care for so many animals and do so with such great level of care. We also talk about dog and cat adoption, how to deal with some of the challenges that come with working with animals and the emotional burden it brings, both the hard and the wonderful. They talk about how you can plan a wonderful adventure to Costa Rica that will go into funding the rescue center and have a fully vegan experience while staying at their hotel. But my favorite part of this entire episode, other than just hearing their story and how friends can come together to create incredible things, and other than the story of Ralph, the dog that keeps on kicking it to cancer and keeps on fighting is towards the end of the episode when I asked Asaf and Hava what the animals have taught them and how they've changed their lives. They have helped thousands of animals through the years and have mostly been self-funded through the activities of the hotel, restaurant, and tours. But due to the COVID pandemic and tourism slowing down, The shelter now faces a new situation and needs our support more than ever. 
So to any of our listeners who would like to share some support and make any donations, I will be linking to the page to donate. And of course, all of their links will be in the show notes. And I will be doing this to to help them, to support them. And just wait till you hear this incredible conversation. I know that it will open your heart. If you're having a moment this week, this month, or this year in which you're losing your faith in humanity a little bit, this is the episode you need to listen to. You can connect with their organization via Instagram through the handle at Animal Love Rescue, where you'll find all of the links to make donations to their website, which is animallove.cr. And you'll have all of the links in the show notes, as well as to all of their social media links and their Instagram for the adoption page, which we talk about in this episode, where you can see all of the cutie pies that are up for adoption is through at animal love underscore adopciones with a C. And you'll have that link as well. I highly recommend their YouTube channel. You'll hear me talk about that in the episode. And before we get started with this amazing conversation, here's a note from our sponsor for today's show. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Green and Experience, a wonderful Etsy shop selling the most amazing products for a safe and plant-based alternative to doing laundry. Stop using dryer sheets and liquid fabric softeners and stop using wool or plastic dryer balls. As our listeners know, both Godless and I put so much effort into incorporating more zero waste products to our cleaning and self-care routines. I, for one, stopped buying fabric softener years ago and I could only find replacements for natural laundry detergents, but softeners were so hard to get. I am so excited to have discovered the handmade hemp dryer balls created by Green and Experience. All the goodness and benefits of the raw hemp in a dryer ball, all natural, reusable, plant-based, non-toxic, antibacterial, hypoallergenic, organic, and safe to use for babies, infants, pets, and people with sensitive skin, and especially free from the chemicals that can be used in many commercial laundry products and that can be harmful for the environment and our skin. Here are some amazing testimonials by Green and Experience customers. Vanessa says, I love. She included an extra vegan facial cloth, seaweed, tree, and cotton, and first ever doggy vegan organic fetch ball. I wish I could give it 10 stars. Courtney says, switched over from crocheted cotton dryer balls to these to be more eco-friendly and sustainable. These are great. I use some essential oil on the bag to lightly scent the fabric. These are easier to locate after a load of drying too. I am a convert. The shop is glowing with five-star reviews and all items are shipped in beautiful zero-waste packaging. Order them today on Etsy.com by visiting their shop, Green and Experience, all one word, or use the link you'll find right here in the podcast player and in the show notes for today's episode and have them shipped right to your door. Get 10% off with a limited time promo code BROWNBOWL10 in all caps. That's promo code BROWNBOWL10 for 10% off. So welcome, Asaf and Hava. Hi. Hello. Uh, it is such a, a joy and a treat to have you here and uh, just hear more about this incredible project that you guys uh, just have created. It's amazing. And I wanted to start this off by maybe 
you sharing a bit of the story of how the project began and how the center got started. Okay, of course. Uh, actually, the story goes way, way, way back. Uh, we are here, uh, 16 friends uh, from Israel, originally, all of us. Uh, and we know each other for at least, at least, at least 25 years. I myself here with my best friend from second grade. Mm -hmm. That means we know each other for 40 years already. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> so yes, we know each other for many, many years and we gathered back in Israel. By the way, we are uh, 16 in total, uh, 12 women, four, four guys. Um, our uh, ages range is uh, between 44, I think now. She is almost 44, the youngest, and 70, 73, the oldest. And wow. we know each other again for many, many years. Um, and after a bonding, let's call it like that, and started uh, working together in the same jobs. Some of us had uh, private-owned uh, businesses, living together in partnerships, uh, doing um, gym sessions every day and meeting every day and uh, getting together. We had a dream to find a place of our own. Of course, of course, of course, all of us always were animal lovers. Uh, at the beginning, well, now for the last, um, I think almost 10 years, we're vegans, but we were veg vegetarians. And, um, and again, we gathered and we had a dream to live together, to have a place of our own. We searched in Israel for around three years. Uh, it didn't work mainly uh, because of bureaucracy. Um, and uh, then we started looking also in other countries, we've been to Portugal for a month. Not all of us, of course, but uh, two of uh, two, two chosen ones that uh, went and searched the country. Mm -hmm. We also had, uh, uh, we also really wanted to go to New Zealand, uh, which is a country where we love nature, we love animals, and New Zealand symbolized that in some ways. We were very serious about uh, uh, moving also to New Zealand. Uh, Portugal, by the way, we've been there for a month. And then we decided not to go there for two main reasons. It was very expensive. And also because we are, again, animal lovers, and back then we were vegetarians, uh, the feeling that we got from the country, uh, it wasn't only a feeling, you can see it also, was the, this, this is a country of meat lovers. Uh, and uh, it was difficult. Well, also in Costa Rica and Israel, people eat meat, right? It's not something that's going to change probably in a long time, but uh, um, but in Portugal, we really felt it very, very strong. So that was another thing that kind of uh, made us uh, a bit uh, reluctant from uh, going to, uh, from moving to Portugal. New Zealand, uh, we didn't even go there because we realized that bureaucracy there is much, much, much more difficult than any other country uh, that, we'll, that we look for. You need to, we actually moved to Costa Rica with almost 80 dogs and cats. And, uh, oh my goodness. yeah, we, how does, how can that happen? How did you bring all of the animals to Costa Rica? Yeah, we, we didn't have a shelter here in, in Israel, but, uh, we helped other shelters and we, we took a lot of rescue dogs. Um, and that's, that was the reason why we couldn't go all of us together. So during November, 2005, we went to uh, Costa Rica to 
two each. There were, I think, three times a week uh, flights, three times a week back then from uh, Spain, Madrid to San Jose. So we did a connection and there was a limit of two dogs in each uh, flight. So we basically went with uh, two dogs and two or three cats <laughs> each time. That is that is incredible. I was not expecting that answer. So you actually, each one of you came with the, went with the dogs to Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. just uh, <laughs> believe it or not, me, me. We went, we oh, our when I, when I, when I was the, when it was my time to fly, we missed the connection flight from uh, Madrid to San Jose. Uh, we missed not because of us. There was a delay in the first flight, and the connection time is very, very short. So we had to stay mm-hmm. overnight, keep the do- watch, watch the dogs and the cats. It was, it was not yeah. not easy at all. Yeah, to to say the least, it was quite tough. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I I cannot imagine. So, what made you decide on Costa Rica for the shelter? Actually, when we Costa Rica was not in our initial plans, but uh, one of us had a relative that lived in Costa Rica, and he told us about the nature, the beaches, the volcanoes, everything that well we live now in 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 the middle of a cloud forest, right inside. So. Mm-hmm. And, well, all the other countries really didn't work. So we said, hey, we don't have anything to lose. So let's try. Let's try. So we started reading the books, uh, checking the Internet. It wasn't as developed. Yes, it was like 17 years ago, right? So uh, even more. So it wasn't as developed as, as it is today. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no Twitter and stuff like that. So, of course. But we read the books. We saw that, you know, Costa Rica is a beautiful country, lots of nature can be a very, very good uh, place for us. So, yeah. yes, we sent the same two guys uh, that we sent to uh, to Portugal. We called them uh, you know, the spies that went to search for us. The, <laughs> the, I w- that was going to be my next question. What name do you give these two yeah, people they're, who they're, do all of that legwork? It's incredible. <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, well, these these were these two were the, I don't know if it's the right word to say, but they were like the front the front people front men, uh, mm-hmm. front men and front women. Uh, and, uh, and they searched Costa Rica and, uh, they looked for, um, they looked for a place for a long time. Uh, we didn't want them. We didn't want a very big place like we have now. And of course we didn't hotel having hotel was also not part hotel and adventure center was not part of the program. But, and we basically looked for a place to open a vegetarian restaurant. Again, we're vegetarian back then. And uh, also to, to have a place for us and, of course, for our dogs and cats, 80, 80 of them. And mm-hmm. that was our initial uh, plan. So they looked for a place. Uh, and uh, in one of, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and they didn't have anything to do. They stayed at their hotel in uh, San Jose, the person that... Uh, the real estate guy that was accompanying them told them of a hotel that is up for sale uh, in San Ramon and told them, of course, I know that it's not in your plan, not in your budget, but, you know, you don't have anything to do. Let's let's go and look for it. Let's let's go and check it. Sorry, not look for it. And, well, they went with him. They said, hey, you're right. We're, we're not here to uh, to rest. We're here to, to look for places. So they went with them. And uh, they and us, of course, uh, all of us fell in love with this place. That's why the name of the hotel is Lens in Love. The name of the shelter is Animal Love. 
the name of the restaurant that we have on the main road is Love Eat. And, uh, well, uh, it was not easy to take a decision to not only to go to Costa Rica, now also to purchase hotel and adventure center way, way out of our budget. We had to take a loan that until this very day, <laughs> we feel it. We feel this loan that said uh, lots of uh, different uh, change in many ways along the years, uh, but she's still with us. Uh, several loans, by the way, but uh, some of us also had uh, uh, private uh, businesses. Um, I wasn't one of them, but uh, some of us and had and had money to at least make the first uh, first. Uh, uh, we had the, the capital to get at least fifty percent of the total amount. The, the The place here, I don't know if it's one hundred and forty hectares. I know how much is it in acres. acres. Yeah, it's it's 110 acres. It's huge. It's a whole That's cloud forest. <laughs> that is a whole cloud forest. That is incredible. Now I want to ask you, did everything sort of begin at the same time? The the shelter, the restaurant, and the hotel. Did you start one at a time? How did this because this is a massive uh, just enterprise that, I mean, it's not an enterprise because you guys are, are um, you have a, a nonprofit for the Ant Rescue Center, but how did all of this start? It's, it's a nonprofit and enterprise, let's call it like that. Uh, but exactly. well, we were focusing on each thing at a time. At the beginning, mm -hmm. it was settling down, opening the hotel. Yeah. After that, we opened the adventure center and then we started promoting the hotel and the adventure center. I was the one in charge of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we did it in the United States mainly and in our home country, Israel. Of course, of course, of course, the 80 dogs and cats that came with us, we found a place for them. That was actually the beginning of the shelter. It wasn't a shelter back then. If right. we would start right. the shelter, keep getting more and more dogs and cats, uh, and in the same time, we, we couldn't develop the hotel and, uh, and the adventure center that supported the shelter until COVID, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, so, so yes, that's uh, that, that what we were focusing on. And with that, before talking about the shelter, we also opened a company that runs tours all over Central America, mainly because in Israel, our home country, many agents we're talking about almost 17 years ago travel agencies was a big thing it still is by the way we're not expecting yeah. anything from it but, but you know the world has changed more internet people booking on their own but but still uh but back then it was a very main uh a, a very main part so many travel agents told us uh, listen it's nice that you're offering us a hotel in costa rica but if you want us to send people you know Coming from Miami to Costa Rica takes you two hours. Coming from New York, if you book a direct flight, four, four and a half hours. Coming from Israel to Costa Rica, and that was, of course, the road that we did at the beginning. I myself did at least uh, 10 times afterwards. It takes you at least 20 hours. You know, it's two, oh it's almost, it's more than five hours uh, to Madrid or to Netherlands, or even, or, or if, you, if, you, if you go to the States, it takes you more. And then you have a connection and then you continue uh, at least uh, 
almost 12 hours. So it's a long flight. It's, it's half a world, half the world away. Exactly. It really is. It really is incredible. So it started as the hotel at what point, because I know that the f- initial animals that went along with you were your own pets. Of course. Is that right? Of course. At, at what point did you start taking in other animals? I think it was a year later, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, a year or two after we came here. Um, people, of course, uh, saw that uh, uh, we like animals. We brought our animals with us to live here. So they knew that, uh, and of course, we didn't hide it, uh, that we are animal lovers and um, more or less about a year or two years, something like this, people just started to um, put here animals in inside of a sack. Here they have like, they put the animal in the sack, they tie the sack and they leave it in the entrance of the property. Or they oh just, goodness. yeah, they took a carton box, they put the animal inside, puppies, kitten, mother with kittens, you know, in all shapes yeah. and form, they closed the the cartoon box and the, they put it near to your place or the entrance or, you know, somewhere in the property or just tied it to the tree. And uh, oh. yeah, yeah, even sometimes in the rain or... And when, you know, during the day when you're going uh, in the property, you just see it. And uh, people just start to live here, uh, abundant here, animals. Uh, And in the beginning, it was like, okay, we have, I don't know, we had there 30 dogs, something like this. So another dog, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> let's bring them in. <laughs> yeah bring them in nothing happened another cat okay two kittens never mind <laughs> but uh, then it came wow. more and more and more and more and what's like you know after a few years we didn't plan it but uh, it was like uh, a huge number of animals and we needed the we had our uh, place to, for the dogs and for the cats, but because we had too much after a few years, so we start to take it more seriously and, uh, you know, to to renovate the dog house and to make it bigger with more space for the dogs and the same with the cats. So right now we are standing a, a little bit. Almost 900 dogs. Dogs and cats, yes. Like, can you repeat? Can you repeat that number? More than nine hundred dogs and cats. We have nine hundred. Yeah. And keep in mind that we that, sent we sent last year two hundred dogs and cats for adoption. So just think. Uh, yeah. They're massive. Sometimes we get in a, in a, in this uh, in well in the first two weeks of uh, of this month we got at least uh, sixty or even seventy uh, dogs and cats that were thrown here. That way to go and rescue, definitely. Yeah. Lots and lots of uh, dogs and cats. Newcomers all the time. Yeah. That is that is incredible. So there is a, a, a big issue, this is what I can take from what you're telling me, of of um, just pet, you know, abandoning animals in, in, in Costa Rica. Yes. Is, is that the case? Is it, a, is it an issue? 
that keep that continues? Mm. It's actually uh, I don't know to answer with you. Hava can tell you better about all Costa Rica. I can tell you that in our area, definitely it's an mm-hmm. issue because you know we feel yeah. it every day. We our doghouse yeah. we have several locations for our dogs. Our main doghouse now is at least. 25 times bigger, I, I don't know, even more, bigger than what it was when we came. You know, I always, yeah. when I walk there, it's now like, you know, it's 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 so big from what it was at the beginning. People uh, here, it's just that, you know, for us, when we take an animal, cat, dog, and even if it's not a cat or a dog, it's part of us, it's part of our family, we have... Uh, more than 200 chicken and uh, more than uh, 200 ducks and geese and uh, we have uh, rabbits. Uh, rabbits and you know and each and one of them it's like part of our family and here it's uh, most of them treat the animals like you know sometimes i'm getting a call uh, i'm sorry but my dog is too big right now uh, i don't want to keep it anymore it's not comfortable for me to have it uh, in the house so can you take him please so you know when it's not comfortable part of them not all of the people uh, they just you know give up on him and for us it's not like this for us each animal that uh, here it's part of us and we try to help all the animals of course we cannot rescue all all costa rica but uh, we try to do our best and many of them because uh, because they don't want to deal with the results of their doings they're basically just throwing them it's very rare that we have a person that is actually as Hava said, in stacks, yeah. in card boxes, uh, tied to a tree, try, uh, so many, so many stories, and uh, uh, they just don't want to deal. They just don't want to come here and give us the dog, or uh, just tie them up, throw them. And yeah. most of them are very bad uh, condition, uh, uh, very skinny, um, cancer, tumors. Um, skin problem you know they never abandon them like <laughs> in a good shape uh, normally it's like oh very goodness. poor yeah. condition yeah this is it's it's tragic to hear these stories and i am oh i am so grateful that you are all there because what would have happened to these over 900 animals if you haven't had the space already to take them in now this is this is a massive undertaking you have hundreds of animals that need feeding they need walks they need veterinary care they need care uh you know just on a regular basis for vaccinations and things like that but also if they get sick how do you manage the day-to-day operations of the of the shelter well um basically we're working uh, 20 hours a day uh, all all the team uh, each one have his own part you know the things that he's responsible for and mm-hmm. we are doing meeting uh, on the animals we have a system uh, it's very important to me to say that uh, all the animals here are very well taken care of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it's very important to us that everyone will be vaccinated, uh, the ones that need to be castrated, also that everyone have his own medical care. We basically, um, we normally preparing like around 100 medication for each dog that need it uh, twice a day. We are doing this and sometimes it's need to be more. Um, we have a system that runs all of it. And of course, um, and of course we are doing meeting and everything to, to do the best that, uh, to give them the best care that we can. If for, uh, for example, if some, um, dog need a special diet, you know, because a heart problem, liver problem or some health issue. So we have his own diet and medical food and, uh, it's complicated, but uh, we're trying to do the best that even it's so big that everyone will have the personal uh, care that we can give him. That's fantastic. That is, is it's wonderful. And it, it really is um, so much. I can imagine the amount of work that it is. Uh, now, could you tell us some stories uh, that have just stayed with you of a particular animal rescue or an adoption story or just something that I don't know that really jumps out at you when when someone asks you tell me a story of of an animal that came to your shelter um okay so we have some uh, special uh, story about a very aggressive dog I think it's a boxer no it's a no, I'm not. No, he's not a boxer. But anyway, very aggressive dog uh, that somebody tied outside uh, from the now in the property, and we try to to get close to him, to release him, to put it, to put him, you know, in a place that uh, we can take care of him, and he won't let us uh, get near him. And uh, for three days, we try. Uh, we tried to release him from the change that he was uh, tight. And uh, mm -hmm. after three years, it started to be rainy. <laughs> we didn't know what to do. So we built a, a house, like um, something that will protect him from the rain and uh, that he will not get uh, wet. And we continue to start to get close to him. Uh, and we have uh, one person that uh, he's the one that um, succeed to manage the aggressive dog pretty well. So after, of, I think, two days that it was very rainy, he said, OK, I'm doing something. I, I just going to him and let's see what's happened. So he put he wrapped himself with a sponge. Uh, you know, like something to protect his arm and his body because he was really, really aggressive. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he succeeded to get uh, get close to him and to release him. And he's still aggressive, by the way, but they are friends, mm -hmm. this person and the dog. And uh, now he have all the care that he needs and he have fully trust uh, in this person and uh, you know this is like very <laughs> unusual uh, story 
Uh, but yeah, and and I I know that at least here um, here where we live in Spain, we we have two rest two rescue dogs of our own, and they've come from the municipal pound. So every time we've gone to to adopt, we have learned a little bit about what the situation is here. And a big problem that shelters have is a uh, just a few dogs that uh, start very aggressive and they they cannot find a home for them yes. or people bring them back mm -hmm. and they get adopted again and people mm -hmm. bring them back yeah. and so it's so lovely to hear about a story where this dog just you know yeah. found a home a home within the shelter with uh people who care about him and who gave him a chance it's incredible i love that story we 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 still hope that we will find him home but anyway for us we know that there are animal uh, that if they will probably they will never be adopted so for us this is their home we are their home we are not uh, we will not we will not ever let them you know go we we know it it's we know that for That's, part of the animals we we are the home so for them that is so so special um that's wonderful now what is the most challenging aspect of your work at the shelter um i'm curious if it has to do with uh just the amount of animals that are coming in getting funding for the shelter if it's the day-to-day -day operations just because you have so many what what are some of the biggest challenges so as you said it's like we have few aspects of this uh, my my side of the story it's uh, to take care of so many animals uh, try to do the best for each and one of them um, because in this amount of animals it's 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 not easy it's not yeah. easy to to do it and we really want that every one of them will have uh, um, the love that they that they deserve so um, and the care of course and the veterinary care and everything so you constantly work for them <laughs> so yes. uh, now what uh, have i i wanted to ask you because i watched so many of your youtube videos and i was just crying and crying and crying seeing just the before and after videos of these animals and how you bring them back to life and for me i know it would be emotionally very difficult and just yeah just very hard to see the amount of animals struggling, abandoned, and suffering. How do you deal with the emotional side of, of this incredible work that you do? Um, actually, it's not something that uh, I think uh, we can choose because we are here and um, our mission is like to do the best for them. And... You know, sometimes people abandon. This is my uh, personal uh, uh, side. I'm I'm taking care of the kittens, me and my friends. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, when kittens don't have a mother, you need to feed them uh, every three hours in a bottle and also during the night. And we had times that, uh, and it's still happening, that we had like 20 kittens at once. So basically you finish one feeding and you need to start the, <laughs> the second one because it's taking time, you know. So it's, I, oh I'm not going to lie, it's very tiring sometimes to do it. Yeah. But it's yeah. not that you have somebody else that's going to do it. So you have you and your friend and sometimes may, maybe a volunteer, nice volunteer that can help you or a worker that can help you. But you need to do it. It's not a, something that you can choose not to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So you just have to power through. Yeah. I guess that with so many animals, it really they they just keep you so busy that somehow the it just gets done yes. even when yeah, you're you challenged <laughs> emotionally. You just need to do it. I love that. Oh my goodness! It's it really. Um, I'm sure any mothers listening are going to imagine bottle feeding those 20 yeah. kittens at once. And it, it, I'm sure it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, so can, can people visit the center, volunteer? Um, is that a possibility for anyone who is local to Costa Rica or who visits Costa Rica? Yes, of course. We have like a pet pet tour, it's called. And we are people that comes here can take this tour and uh, go with us and we explain on the animals, on the dogs, on the cats, a personal story also. We have a blind cat, how he born, what's happened with him, or special dogs that, you know, basically each animal here have a special story, but uh, yes, they can see, they can pet them, they can go to the rabbit, to the sheep and goats, and that we have also, so... Uh, Yes, we are doing here tour and we also have a volunteer program and mm -hmm. normally we have here around eight volunteers. Eight to ten volunteers uh, every day uh, from all over the world, United States, Canada, Spain. Now we have uh, volunteers from England, Spain, Israel, Germany, again, all wow. over the world. That's amazing. Uh, and I'm sure you're changing uh, their lives as well, just from the experience alone, which I know working with animals, it just completely changes you. What is the adoption process like? If, if I, I don't know if you only do adoptions locally or if people can adopt from outside of Costa Rica and how does the process work? Uh, so... <clears throat> I'm also responsible for the adoption and most of the adoption that we are doing here, it's inside of Costa Rica because it's much, much easier. Uh, and to do adoption outside, it's very, very expensive and it's complicated and it's very, mm -hmm. with a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, yeah. But um, sometimes we're doing this as well. Uh, but most of the adoption are here in Costa Rica. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, we are uh, meeting the people. Uh, we are uh, in contact with them. We see the place that the the house, the place where the the cat or the dog are going to live. Uh, sometimes we not confirm the the places. You know, we are we are picky when it's come to 
<laughs> to give an animal. It's very difficult. Of course, because uh, you've been giving this animal a home so yes. far and you know how they've been treated. So yes. yeah, I can only imagine that giving them to someone, you want to make sure that, that they're going to a, a safe home. Exactly. And after the adoption, yeah. we still uh, continue to be in contact with them to get a video, a picture, to see that they are okay and... Uh, Yes, it's a whole process. That's lovely. And and I can I don't know how other pet parents are, but <laughs> I send so many videos of my well the my one of my dogs was adopted from the big 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 pound in Madrid. So there's no personal contact there, but my second dog I adopted from uh, a smaller shelter. And I am bombarding her with pictures and, and videos. And I just think, oh, my gosh, she must hate me. <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> we, we try to encourage all the people that send us video. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. so happy. Please send us more. Send us more. You know, also sharing, okay. sharing these videos with all of us. Yes, uh, every no. time that yeah. uh, I'm having a video of uh, an animal that uh, got adopted, I send it to everybody. Look how he's going, how uh, beautiful he is, what a wonderful life. You know, it's it's very... Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And we also, by the way, uh, have uh, a special Instagram page for adoptions. adoptions. Yeah. And we also, mm. I'm not in a lot of money because we don't have a lot of money. Uh, we also post uh, in uh, Facebook ads uh, oh. to get more exposure for, uh, for people to come and uh, adopt uh, our uh, our dogs and cats. Can you share what that Instagram page is? Yep, uh, it's Animal Love Adopciones. Okay. Right? Uh, but how do you okay. have a, a lowercase or something? Yeah, no, <laughs> Animal Love. Uh, I can send you the link. Yes, we will include it. We will include all links in the show notes for everybody. Uh, that's wonderful. What do you, just in, in terms of, in general, in case anyone is listening, whether they can adopt from your shelter or another shelter somewhere else, what do you think is the biggest obstacle that some people need to kind of just get past when it comes to just the, the, the desire and the willingness to adopt instead of getting a dog from a breeder, which is unfortunately something that people still do uh, when there are so many dogs and cats uh, there that need homes. But what would you say to someone who is a little bit on the fence as to whether to adopt or not? How could you convince them? You're talking about people in Costa Rica or outside of Costa Rica? Anywhere, anywhere, just any listeners that um, that are thinking about, about adoption and are between adopting an animal and buying one. First, for us, uh, during the we learn during the years, the best is to say the truth. You know, if a puppy going to be a big dog, say it like this. This is going to be a big dog <laughs> because here right. in Costa Rica, they like, uh, for example, small dogs. So if they are not yeah. ready and agree for this, they will bring back the dog because it's big yeah. and it's not comfortable for them. So yeah. first, you need to tell the truth about everything uh, that people will not have a surprise because, and mm -hmm. of course, abandoned dogs, especially when they are adult, uh, when they are puppy, normally it's not a problem. Um, you find, uh, 
during time other problems that you want uh, wasn't aware for them before so um also dog when you change the area or something can nice dog can be suddenly a little bit aggressive or you know so i'm personally not try to convince anybody to adopt if somebody mm-hmm. telling me i need to think about it i said go away take your time please don't come back right. until you are sure i'm not going to convince right. adopt anyone because i have i know after this they bring it back so i prefer that the person will be full ready for the adoption but not only bring them back yeah. you know sometimes they don't bring them back and that's it's a bigger issue sometimes uh yeah. well in the past we heard about uh, dogs that we sent for adoption that from for example i remember one of our workers that took a dog that was died uh in a he went out of the he went out of the, out of the they had like a personal field over there and he, he went out of the fence and he was uh he got uh, into an accident and we hear sometimes uh stories of uh, dogs that's why yeah. hava and all of us we, we are much more tough right now in sending uh because yeah. again we get them in a bad condition so we know that if it will not be the right family that will at least pay a little bit also for the vaccination and the treatment we need to see it's like uh i would say it's like serious uh, being serious fees i don't know how you say it in english but uh like intentions to to show their to show that they are serious and that we will yeah. cover ourselves in emotionally after again as you said uh, investing uh, so much in a dog and, f- and 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 having him in here uh so that he will go to a good good home and will not have him back or here we are asking from the, from the people that wants to adopt to come here and to meet mm-hmm. the dog of course to to, to see that the they choosing him that the dog choose them you know it's also very important mm-hmm. to us to see the chemistry between uh, yeah. the family or the person that uh, wants to adopt so we are not giving like this for adoption it's it's a process yeah and and i agree with you that people need to be fully ready yeah. uh and and that when you are i i i can say from my personal experience uh my dogs have been amazing and they are the most grateful incredible mm-hmm. loyal yeah. creatures uh anywhere and i've heard that from so many people who who regularly adopt from shelters and I have a lot of I have a lot of friends and and family members that you know when they're thinking about getting a dog at I give them all of the names of the shelters <laughs> yes. that I know and they say yeah but I want a puppy and I say you can get puppies there are so no many puppies, puppies. there are yes. you There are even pregnant um, you mothers, know, female yeah. dogs that are pregnant mothers that, that are going to have 10 yes. puppies and they're not going to have homes. So I always tell people like whatever your dream dog is, you're going to find a, a version of that dog sometimes, somewhere. By the way, and, sometimes people yeah. come here with the attention to, to adopt a specific dog and mm-hmm. we see that there is no connection and sometimes the process of the adopting take like three hours because we try with another one and 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 until we don't see that they are fully you know match so yeah. just then we are doing the adoption <laughs> that is uh that is wonderful and just 
uh, very important. And sometimes, uh, yeah, I've gone to shelters when, when I adopted my, my first dog, uh, I, I had seen one picture of another dog on the website and I had gone to see that dog, yes. but next to it, next to it was my dog yes. and it had, it was, it looked nothing like the other one. It had, she was five years yeah. old, uh, she, you know, <laughs> so many different things, but that was the one where there was just the, the sparks. Yeah, I know. I know the happened. feeling. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. when I, I, I giving one of the dogs or the cats for adoption, it's feel like a mother giving her son or her daughter. And I'm <sighs> even though we know everything that it's possible to know in the family or something like that, I'm full of uh, anxieties. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like something and, and will happen. Yeah. They will not be okay. They won't be happy as I want to. So. Every time she shares in the group the, the pictures of the of the new parents and the dog, and we're all cheering for her. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Hava! It's just that you have nine hundred plus children, and it's hard to say to send them on their way. I can imagine how hard that is. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for today's show, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Etsy shop Green and Experience, a wonderful small business creating vegan, cruelty-free, and all-natural hemp dryer balls that are good for your skin, good for your clothes and linens, and good for the environment and the animals. They come in the most beautiful zero-waste packaging, and I am a packaging geek, as you know, and love to receive items where everything is so thought out, and I know who I'm supporting when I purchase their products. I also know so many friends who are slowly swapping commercial cleaning products for natural ones. And so I know that these would make an extremely just practical and wonderful gift. We are all looking for more natural and safe self-care and cleaning products and Green and Experience makes it so that you don't have to do any of the legwork. Simply have them shipped to your door with the click of a button, toss them in your dryer with your laundry and the clothes and linens come out softer, smoother, with less static and even better. They are reusable. The balls are reusable. So cool. Jody, a customer from Arizona recently said, these dryer balls are game changer for laundry. Finding dryer balls without wool seemed impossible. Then I found these. My second set makes a wonderful gift. The customer service and communication is top-notch one of my favorite shops. We love supporting small businesses, especially ones that are eco-conscious and producing beautiful handmade products of this caliber. So order them today on Etsy.com by visiting their shop, Green and Experience, all one word, or use the link you'll find right here in the podcast player and in the show notes. Have them shipped right to your door and get 10% off with a limited time promo code BROWNBALL10 in all caps. That's promo code BROWNBALL10 for 10% off. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the current situation for the Rescue Center, how people can support the work that you do, what's going on in terms of the hotel and the funding for the center, anything you want to share? So actually, in terms of funding, it's important to mention that uh, we never fundraise for the shelter. We were counting mm -hmm. until COVID on our tourism business, hotel, adventure center, uh the tour operator the company that drives tours over central uh, in central america we never 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 fundraised when covid started well it's not that we never people came here we showed them the the shelter 
you know, they were able to donate and we did get donations, but we never did it. It was like, right. it wasn't covering even uh, 1% of the activity of the shelter. Um, mm-hmm. When COVID started, we had to fundraise, of course, because uh, tourism stopped. We had uh, still, we had back then $40,000 expenses. Now it's even $60,000 expenses every month. That we, yes, and the hotel was closed. The, there was nobody traveling. The, um, the tour operator that is a very big part of, uh, of the income that we have was, again, shut down. And, uh, well, right now, of course, we keep on fundraising. The tourism here, at least for us, never really came back to be what it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main uh, things that we did here was having groups that were traveling in, in Central America, at least 100 per year, mostly from Israel and United States and Spain. And that never really come back as it was. Now it's the low season. Anyways, it's June, mm-hmm. so nobody's traveling anyway. So we are still counting on uh, uh, donations and uh, for people uh, to open their heart for animals. Uh, and uh, and help us. Uh, there are also some uh, some more situations that that we're facing. Of course, keeping getting keep getting more and more animals is an issue because, of course, mm-hmm. every dog. Sometimes you know uh, we have here a Ralph. It is a dog that uh, was supposed to be euthanized uh, uh, by the owners. They took them to the vet. They wanted uh, to euthanize him. He had cancer, skin cancer. The vet called us because he knows that we are no kill. Uh, shelter, and he knows that uh, uh, if uh, if there is a situation like that, to call us. So we took him over, and then did uh, of course not uh, all the surgeries, chemo treatment. Only Ralph cost us. If we look in the in the financial side of it, eight thousand dollars and more. So oh and still he's going to a vet every three months to a general checkup if he needs another surgery he's doing. But when you see him, it's the most happiest dog. His smile is on on his face. Yeah, something loves, that nobody can resist it. He loves he loves people so oh much. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to you are going to have to send me a picture of, of Ralph to include in this post so people can see him. Yes, and besides uh, that, yeah, so even and besides that, even one dog can create an expense of $8,000 plus dollars. That is, yeah. Of course. And, incredible. And besides that, we also had, we faced a lot of challenges besides COVID and tourism stopping. We had your floods in the last uh, rainy season. Cost us to fix the, the shelter, like almost $10,000, $9,500 only to fix the roof and other things that we needed to, to fix after the floods. Uh, uh, Facebook uh, ads account that uh, uh, we were relying on for around 75% of our donations that we received from mm-hmm. Eminima lovers around the world uh, was shut down by Facebook. Uh, we had uh, hackers. Uh, the, our account mm-hmm. was uh, broke into by uh, hackers uh, a month and a half ago. And we're still dealing with that because, you know, all of a sudden the main... Uh, the main uh, donation, um, how should I say, the main donation resource, all of a sudden stopped because you know, mm. you know, we just couldn't uh, talk to them. I was chatting constantly, constantly, constantly chatting with uh, representative, and there is some of an uh, internal team that uh, that is supposed to take care of it, 
but he never took care of it. So now we started a new account, but it takes a lot of time to to get the same result as we used to have. So this was like, uh, I think it's uh, Facebook is uh, responsible to around, uh, again, <laughs> 75%. It's almost $45,000 in donations that we were getting that all of a sudden just stopped. So what do you do? Oh my goodness. So we had to start yeah. doing a fundraiser, turn to supporters and ask them to help us. So this is, uh, there, there, there are plenty of challenges. You remember that we spoke at the loan, on the loan at the beginning of, the, of, our, uh, of our interview. So mm-hmm. I think it was uh, eight months ago, nine months ago that you know, the bank uh, said, listen, if you're not going to, uh, to pay the, the monthly uh, payments that you, that you we're not going to delay it because we had a, a very rough month uh, with a lot of expenses, yeah. much more than usual. Yes. We were facing shutdown, you know, we're actually facing shutdown because they, that was the threat that, uh, and I had no problem facing shutdown if it's only you and the hotel, uh, yeah. but 1,300 animals, what are you going to do with them? So there are lots of challenges uh, and every donation, uh, you know, we're just, uh, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that there are good animal lover people in the United States in uh, Germany, Spain. Yeah, we got very nice uh, donations from Spain. Uh, And yes, we're doing everything we can in terms of fundraising. You know, it became, uh, Mm -hmm. well, now the tourism is is getting back and we're hoping that in 2023, it will be much better. It's not 100% of my time, but we're really focusing on it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep with fundraising. I'm I'm eating with fundraising. I'm, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm doing, we're also doing yeah. meetings. It's not only me, I'm, we're doing meetings, all the stuff. We're actually going to do one today. We always keep on thinking of ways to get uh, donations, not for us, you know, we are, we are here, by the way, the owners slash founders of this place, we're all volunteers. We don't get salaries. We don't uh, make money out of it. All the money that we get from the hotel, from donations, 100% for the animals. Of course, we need to eat and sleep and uh, buy clothes and stuff like that. But it's all together. You know, nobody here is, yeah. is getting more than the others. And we're all uh, we're, we're like a commune. Uh, like a, I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but we're, like a, uh, we're sharing everything. And uh, because we are That's... such a good friends and live so long together, we are, we are able to do it. That is incredible. And of course, we we are as Bramble, we're going to support you guys and send over some support. And I highly encourage any of our listeners who want to uh, help in any way they can. Any amount helps. And we will be just spreading the word of this episode and the work you guys do to make sure that you keep at it and that you keep rescuing all of these incredible animals and all of the incredible work that you do. It's truly remarkable. Thank, Thank you Kim, so much. Kim, now I, I want to yes. say um, two things. Uh, first that I think you, for me, you are more than welcome uh, to come and visit us <laughs> because. <laughs> oh my goodness. I will. I, it has been a lifelong dream to visit Costa Rica. I have never been. And you're going to be the first place I go to yeah. just to meet you in person and see the animals. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I'm doing the Instagram page and unfortunately, uh, and especially after this conversation, I see that to, you know, 
people just don't realize how much the activities here around the animals it's such a crazy thing we didn't even started to explain you uh, the things that we are doing here so i will be so happy if you can come here and see it by yourself for example we have like 15 dogs after uh, orthopedic surgery that doing everyday physical therapy here and and they are in a different state of a, a stage of a healing process so this is mm -hmm. just one example so i will be very happy to see you to meet you and oh uh, my goodness <laughs> that is that is a plan hava and asaf i will surely surely come visit now just to share with our listeners is the so everything the hotel the restaurant the tours are they open can people uh, go and visit and use them and that way also support the center? Yeah, of course. This is, uh, 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 well, that was the way to support the center uh, until uh, March 2020. Definitely. We, have, uh, right. we, we Actually, the hotel just turned into fully vegan 45 days ago. It was mm -hmm. a vegan vegetarian before that. This was a, a long, long, long time dream of us. Uh, but we had to, you know, one of the major problems is the people here they, you know, we were afraid that uh, the locals wouldn't like the fact that we are fully vegan, no milk, no eggs. But uh, yes, we we ourselves are vegan for so many years, and this was our dream. So yes, the hotel is fully vegan. The the, the adventure center is open. We have zip lines, canyoning, rafting, ATV, bungee, Tarzan swing, Superman, Spiderman. Mm -hmm. We have so many, uh, so many, so many activities, uh, for, uh, forest guided trails, night walks, definitely. So everybody is more than welcome. Yeah. I will share with you the links for donation, for, uh, for the hotel, for the adventure center, um, and everything. So you can share with, uh, with, uh, with the people that listen to the podcast. That is wonderful. I will be including all of those links in the show notes so that everybody can check them out. And now before you tell people your Instagram handle, how they can connect with you and all of that, apart from the links, which I know you're going to share with me, I have one final question for you guys. I know that you have taught these animals that you've rescued so much about just second chances and uh, how humans can be... Sure, very cruel, but there are other humans who can be lifesavers. And I know you've taught those animals that are within those walls everything about love and care and protection. What have the animals taught you? Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I will start because mine is shorter. I'm the fundraiser. Of course, I'm, I'm with animals, but uh, not like Chava. Chava is 24-7 uh, uh, with them. Um, yeah. what animals taught me, uh, I'd say, uh, animals always, uh, I think that, uh, when I met, uh, this, uh, this group of people, I saw, uh, an opportunity for me to become a better person. Uh, I wasn't, uh, all bad before, but, uh, it was an opportunity for me to become a better person, to be more, um, more uh, uh, related to my soft side uh, because you know growing up as a as a young kid and a man and a teenager mm -hmm. in israel well it could be in the areas that i grew a bit rough 
yeah. in the city and um that really touched my heart and i think uh being with animals to be honest with you ever since i started fundraising of course uh again not on daily basis but i'm much more with animals than i was before because back then i was 24/7 tour operator uh, working uh, marketing the hotel doing the of course it was for the animals but you don't really feel it if you don't work with animals mm-hmm. and uh i feel that uh i'm i'm much more it it's i'm 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 much better than than i was working with tourism you know not uh you know dealing with uh hotels managers hotels owners uh clients stuff like that at the beginning it was difficult you know uh adjusting myself to the fact that i'm asking uh, from people money uh but you know yeah. uh it's for a good cause it's for animals it's for uh, it's for our work so we can continue so uh yes yeah, so definitely i feel like a much better much more tranquil much softer uh well i'm looking for the right word but i probably will not find her uh at this interview you are gi- <laughs> but uh <laughs> you are you are giving us many perfect words yeah so i'm, I'm what, what about, I, i hope that i, yeah. I that i uh, transfer the feeling but uh because i had to be connected to it right now uh, but definitely if i'm <laughs> taking two years before i would say that covid i know i know that covid gave people a lot of ch- changes to evolve to change and in this yeah. specific way it also gave me the chance to to be uh, a better and I, i take it also now to the work that i'm doing back with tourism uh of course it's it's not so easy to be honest with you but uh uh but at least i'm doing my best and i always remember that uh that that i, I can work in a different way that that i did uh, uh before so that's that's really really important for me and uh well animals you know always uh gets you to 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 the to the soft uh, to the soft spot uh, and and open uh, and open your heart that's it i love that, that how about that how was about, me that's wonderful asaf that's the perfect answer Thank you. uh how about what about you what have animals taught you well um i think the the best lesson that i have uh, during the years that i work with animal especially the ones that have a special needs animals that i have few from them that i treated personally and i was very attached to them that i can be like a totally different person with them <laughs> um you know uh, with the the way i am the de- devoting for them and uh, taking care of them then the way i am with people <laughs> <laughs> I, I I understand that perfectly. Yeah, so <laughs> I need I still I still have a long way I think to learn how to bring this part of me that uh, they learn they they taught me on this part because if I wasn't taking care of them so I won't ever see uh, this side inside me. Um yeah. So I still have a long way I think to bring it to my relationship with people <laughs> but 
I try. <laughs> but I, I also want to say about Chava, as somebody that lives with her, that her work for the animals uh, gets all of us here much closer to her than, uh, you know, not then. It's, uh, so it gets us also much more uh, closer to her. You know, if an uh, animal that was uh, related to Chava and Chava really loved, all of us are uh, uh, supporting her and loving her and... Uh, not only, of course, the, the, the animal, but also Chava, because Chava has a very uh, strong relationship with not one, two, ten, or twenty uh, dogs, cats, horses, sheep, and other uh, animals here. So definitely. So well, she, she, can, she can tell you uh, that uh, she's still a work in process, and she is like all of us, but, uh, but definitely uh, she is uh, much better than... Uh, than, than her than herself in the past let's call it like that so um i i think animals bring that out of all of us i th- they bring out the best out of us yeah. out of every single person that comes in in contact with them they truly have this way of just reaching into your heart it, it really is something very special yeah i never oh I my never goodness use the animal uh, you know, like to balance my feeling, but I think uh, now I do it more than ever. You know, when you just, when I feel not balanced, you just grab a, a dog or a cat that you like and start to, you know, cuddle with him. And this is like, <laughs> makes everything more uh, reasonable in this life. So. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Hava Asaf, I could I could talk to you for hours upon hours, but I know you have such a busy schedule and you have lots of animals to go and take care of. So my final question the fact is that we could talk to Hava in this time in the middle of the day is uh you know uh it's a gift. It's a gift, yeah. <laughs> It is a gift, Hava. Thank you. Just want to say that uh, you speak with me and with the staff, but the work here, it's of all of us. It's very, very important to me. We couldn't do it unless we all was full inside of this uh, story. We have our manager uh, that she's the one that brought the idea, brought all the love, this love for the animals. and. This is why we are here, all of us doing this uh, holy work. And um, it's a teamwork. It's, you know, 100% teamwork teamwork of all of us. Everybody puts all the effort that they can to do it. So that's that's beautiful. Asaf, tell us uh, how people can connect with you, how they can follow the work that you do, donate, etc. Any any specific links you'll send to me, but of course. just uh, the name of your accounts or anything that, of course. that uh, you can share. Our Instagram handle is uh, Animal Love Rescue uh, on Instagram. In the bio, we have a link that is directly connected with our donations page. Uh, which, of course, shows also the work that we do. We have their video, we have their uh, recommendations, uh, uh, previous donors, everything, all the info- of course, all the information about the shelter, what the money is uh, going for, for the work of the animals. So definitely, uh, and I will share with you all the links for the donation page, uh, for Facebook page, for TikTok, Instagram, everything. 
Wonderful. Everything will be included in the show notes uh, for our listeners. Thank you. Hava, Asaf, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a special gift to have you. And I personally have to thank you. Uh, I'm just one person, but I know that I have a bunch of listeners behind me in just admiring the work you're doing. And I'm so glad there are people like you in this world. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. And don't forget, we are expecting to see you here. Please come to visit us. And it was a pleasure. I will start planning. <laughs> it was really a pleasure. And to feel your love Thank to you. the dogs that you have. And for others, Marza, <laughs> I'm sure that you love them all. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much Thank to both you. of you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Kim. Bye, Kim. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Here are some takeaways from my conversation with Asaf and Hava of Animal Love Rescue. Sometimes that friend you meet in second grade and others you encounter along the way can be the starting point of an organization that will change the lives of thousands. Even when you're planning to open a hotel, adventure tours, a restaurant, animals have a way of getting into your life if you're an animal lover. And if you're open to it, they can change your life and you can change theirs. Working with animals is such hard work, and that is certainly the case for Animal Love Rescue Center. With over 1,200 rescued animals, the work is 20 hours a day, seven days a week, over 100 medications administered twice a day, and during a particularly kitten-filled time, bottle feeding 20 kittens every three hours. They have animals with special needs that have been able to walk again. Animals that arrive malnourished, very sick and injured, and are then healed and brought back to the quality of life they deserve. And the team at the center not only cares for them, but is determined to care for them with the highest level of care, not as a transit home, but as if this was their home, even if later they get adopted. When adopting, make sure you are fully ready. Make sure you have a match, one that really feels like the one. Even if the sparks fly in a different direction than you had originally anticipated. At shelters, you can find puppies, kittens, adult dogs and cats, big dogs, small dogs of so many breeds. So if you're ready, opening your heart to an adopted pet could change your life and theirs. I know it has certainly changed mine. Planning a trip to Costa Rica? You can visit the shelter, volunteer, and of course, their team will help you plan the most fun, adventure-filled experience complete with delicious, fully vegan meals, and this will in turn support the Rescue Center. The Rescue Center used to be almost fully funded by their own tourism packages, hotel stays, adventure tours, and restaurant. But due to COVID, flooding, technical issues, and a series of unfortunate circumstances, the center is relying on us. These animals need us. And what for us can be a simple donation might be the feeding and medical care for so many animals. And remember, more and more animals are arriving at their doorsteps every day. You will find the link to donate in the show notes. And I highly encourage anyone who can to help support them. And finally, 
I know Asaf, Hava, and an entire team of Animal Love Rescues founders and volunteers have taught the animals more than a few lessons on love and second chances, but animals can teach us something too. They can give us the opportunity to become a better person, calmer, help you connect with a softer side within you, open your heart, and reach into the deepest parts of yourself to discover another side inside. Thank you to Hava and Asaf for lending us their super precious, super busy time today. And I hope all of you who can donate to help keep this place going and we will do the same. Thank you to our sponsor today, the Etsy shop Queen and Experience and their wonderful cruelty-free vegan and sustainable hemp dryer balls that are kind to you, the animals and the planet. And as usual, thank you to our listeners.